I just want to say, if, if you're a guest with us for the first time, um, my husband and I planted this church in the year 2000. We moved out here in 1999, and then we kind of just waited for a year. We kind of acclimated, and uh, he passed away four months ago. And so that's kind of our status right now as a church. Um, we're kind of trying to navigate. I'm trying to learn how to walk, uh, learning to adjust. And in that, I, I do want to just say to you, the Adventure Church, that I am so proud of you. You guys have modeled so much what I believe the body of Christ is supposed to look like through this process, through the way that you have cared for me and cared for my family. And um, just thank you so much for your texts and your cards and your phone calls and your food and your gifts and just your concern. You guys are amazing and there is no way that I could ever pay you but I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. I know, um, I know that you guys are going through a hard time too, but you have definitely demonstrated the love of Christ. And you know the Bible says that they will know that we're Christians when they see the love we have for one another. So you have modeled what Christianity is supposed to look like. So thank you. Thank you so much can say you're welcome. <laughs> um, I just want to let you know, um, in light of everything that's been going on in our nation, we have invited a member of the Draper Police Force to come and join us today. I don't know if he or she will be doing that, but um, they are on a, their own schedule, and so I don't know. If they happen to show up, we are going to... Uh, pause our regularly scheduled programming and we will be praying for them, him or her. So if you could just kind of be aware of that, we don't know if or when they're going to show up, but we, we do want to be demonstrating to our local police force that we stand with them in solidarity and, and we are praying for their protection. And if you haven't prayed for the protection of your local police force, you should definitely be doing that. They are to protect and serve. That's their job. So, um, Also, Ira had mentioned last week that I have had the bird flu. False. <laughs> I got so many texts. You guys, you got to use your bird emojis. Okay, cool. <laughs> I got more bird emojis on my phone. Um, emojis are those little cute little pictures that people send. Anyway. Um, and no, I, I did not have the bird flu. I did, however, have the flu. I, I don't know how I got it. I think I contracted it in Hong Kong. I, I got stung by something. And anyway, um, I just kind of waited when I got home. The, the woman next to me on the 12-hour flight from Taipei was coughing her head off. So I may have picked it up from her. But uh, anyway... I just want to kind of warn you, my voice is pretty weak today, and if I go off on a, a coughing frenzy, just mingle amongst yourselves. <laughs> I'm so much better than I was. 
Uh, a week ago today, I was having these coughing attacks that were lasting up to two minutes. I strengthened my core because I was coughing so hard. <coughs> Excuse me. Not the way I wanted to do it. But anyway, um, so the story is um, I have been traveling, as you know. Um, it was really good, and it was really difficult. Um, my trips, every one of them was uh, healing and refreshing in, in a different way. Um, but I do have to say it's coming back home is always very hard. It's been really hard to come home to the house, and it's very quiet, as you can imagine, without Eric there. And honestly, you guys are the only reason I came back. <laughs> Otherwise, I would just keep traveling. But um, I just want to kind of tell you a little bit about the story and about how things transpired, um, which will lead into, into my message. Um, I, haven't, uh, I haven't processed everything from all of my different little trips. Um, I, want, I entitled today's message, Ridiculous Gifts, um, for a number of reasons. But the story of my friend Mary, I didn't know Mary before, I think it was May 15th. Um, as you may or may not know, my husband was working with David, who's a filmmaker in China, in Taiwan actually, and he came out here for some meetings that we were having in May, and we were going to be discussing how we were going to move forward with some of the projects that they had started. And when, Mar and when uh, David came out here, he brought his friend Mary, who was also a widow. And she became an investor in the company. And her story is amazing. She was uh, married to a man, another, she's Taiwanese, she's like this tall. And her, um, she was married to a Taiwanese pastor. They were pastoring in Canada and I think he was 32, and I believe she was 30. I may get some of these details wrong because I'm still kind of foggy. But um, anyway, her husband passed away of exhaustion. She had a two-year-old and a seven-month-old. And after her husband passed away, she got an inheritance from him. And then her in-laws, who were quite wealthy, came to her and said, how much money are you going to need to survive for the rest of your life? And so she told them, and they gave her a lump sum, and she began to invest it. She opened up a trust fund in her husband's name, and she now survives off of the interest. And she is extremely generous, extremely generous, ridiculously generous. And she invited Rebecca my daughter that was singing here, and I, to come to Taiwan. Okay, this is a woman I just met in May. She invited us to come to Taiwan, and um, she was doing a conference. Have you heard of Aglow International? Anybody heard of Aglow International? It's a, it's a non-denominational Christian organization. It has never been in China before this past month. We have it in Utah. Okay, so we have it in Utah, but they don't call it a grow. <laughs> in Taiwan, they called it a grow. So, 
Anyway, this is the first time ever. So Rebecca and I, Mary was the one who brought it in there. And she is a little powerhouse. She is an amazing, godly woman. She is completely kingdom-minded. And she invited Rebecca and I to come. And we kind of shared our story and sang for this conference and met some of the most amazing, godly men and women in Taiwan. And, uh, and then we, the next day, we went, after the conference was over, we uh, went to this church. It's actually the church where Eric preached last year when he was in Taiwan. It's, it's more of an internet church. I mean, it's all people in the media industry, and they have 16,000 members, but I didn't know that, so there were only like 27 people at this church. And so we went there, and we were just worshiping the Lord, and, and then the the pastor got up and he started saying something. He was introducing me and I was just minding my own business. And, and then he, he was talking through a translator and then the translator looked at me and said, the name of your church is The Adventure, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, so would you like to preach now? <laughs> uh, okay. Bible says be ready in season and out. So... I preached, I have no idea what I talked about. But anyway, so, um, but these people were so precious. They were so precious. And God just gave me such a heart for them. And no, I'm not moving there. But I love those people. And they loved Eric so much. And he made such an impact on them. So then after this, um, after that experience, that weekend, Mary took Rebecca and I, throughout the entire island of Taiwan. I mean, we had our own driver. He's actually the driver that drives for P. Diddy and Madonna when they come to Taiwan, which I don't know how often that is. But So we drove around in this Mercedes van, and like he would go get the... It's incredibly hot there. He would go get the van cool, and then he would come and pick us up at the door. And we were staying in these four- and five-star hotels, and they were taking us everywhere and literally just lavishing gifts on us. I mean, giving us handfuls of money, saying, go, go shopping. And it was just, it was overwhelming. Now, this is a woman I've, I've just met in May, and she's just pouring out ridiculous generosity towards us. And it was very humbling. And have, have any of you ever been to Taiwan? Anybody? They have, cool. It's awesome, isn't it? They have these, um, they call it the night market, where they have literally miles and miles of these little booths where, where they have all kinds of strange foods and shoes and jewelry and clothing and everything you can imagine, and they sell it at night, and it's really lively, and it was overwhelming, and we would be walking around, and like Mary would come up to Rebecca and say, you know, do, do you like this necklace? And Rebecca would be like, yeah, and Mary would buy it for her. So we got to the point where we, like, we wouldn't even tell her if we liked something, because she would just buy it for us. I mean, it was just, it was extravagant and ridiculous. And now this is a woman who has determined that she is going to use her worldly wealth to bless other people. And she's been very wise with her money, and, you know, she's able to do that. I mean, we, we had some just crazy experiences. I had to tell Rebecca, don't get used to this, because this, this is not real life. <laughs> 
It was really, really crazy. And um, the reason that I say that is not to brag. I hope you didn't hear me bragging. I mean, I was very humbled and overwhelmed. And um, after Mary's husband passed away, her her in-laws sent her to Turkey on a trip, and, and it was very healing for Mary. And so she just determined that she wanted to do that for me. She came out here in May just simply to minister to me. And um, she had never met me. She'd met Eric once very briefly. And um, she just really legitimately overwhelmed us with her love and her generosity. And she's very unassuming. I mean, she would not, she would be mad at me if she even knew I was telling you guys all of this. But I'm telling you this because her generosity pales compared to the generosity of the Lord. And it was interesting because when I came back from L.A. uh, last month, um, I was really thinking we needed to study the book of Ephesians. And then when I got back, I was talking with the staff, and they're like, we feel like we should go through the book of Ephesians. What do you think? So that's what we're going through right now. And while I was in L.A., I spent some time with the general supervisor. For those of you who don't know, we're part of a denomination. It's called Foursquare, but we're actually, we like to refer to ourselves as interdenominational because we don't like to be exclusive. We, we believe in the unity of the entire body of Christ, one faith, one hope, one baptism. And so, um, but I just want to reassure you that our leaders are incredibly godly people. We are in good hands. That our, our leaders are sincere believers who love the word of God and give themselves, they devote themselves to the word of God. And I spent time with our general supervisor, her name is Tammy, and she said that if she could only choose one book from the entire Bible to have, she would choose the book of Ephesians. And the reason she said that is because the book of Ephesians encompasses everything. It talks about the nature of God. It talks about our relationship with God. It talks about our need for a savior, our depravity. It talks about um, interpersonal relationships, how we should deal with one another. It talks about the church and what the function of the church is. It talks about how to live a victorious life. I mean, it it covers everything. It encompasses so much. And so I'm really excited that we're going through Ephesians right now. Um, However, uh, when I found out I was speaking on this particular passage, it was a little bit intimidating. I was really missing Eric because this was one of his favorite passages. And I just wish that I could have sat down and picked his brain because he absolutely loved this passage. Many scholars claim that this particular passage that that we're about to read is the most difficult passage in the entire New Testament. Great. (laughs) But I'm I'm hoping and praying that today you will get something out of this. And, And this morning when I woke up early, I was... I was praying for you guys, and I just was saying, Lord, you know, what, what is your heart? What do you want to speak? And I just felt like the Lord just said to just speak about his love. And my prayer for you early in the morning was that you would have a revelation of his love, that you would go deeper 
in your walk with the Lord as a result of this passage today because the word of God is living and active. You know, church and Christianity and spirituality and all of that is of no value if it doesn't change us, if it doesn't make us more and more in the image of Christ. And I'm not talking about just working harder. So we'll get into that. Um, Many people say that this particular passage is the hallmark of the New Testament in the same way that Isaiah 53 is the hallmark of the Old Testament. So, excuse me, would you join me? I'm only going to be discussing um, verses 4 through 9 today, and then next week I'm going to take off and cover the rest of this passage. But we're going to read together out loud Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, I know it's a really long section, but check this out. In Greek, it's one sentence. Can you, oh, I'm the one who's doing that. Check it out. One sentence. How many of you want to study New Testament Greek now? I've heard that it's a really, really difficult language. Um, So would you indulge me this morning, since my voice is tired, could you read together with me? It's not really just because of my voice. I want you to read it out loud. Okay, you ready? Go. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ... We have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Amen. Could you join me in praying? Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you that in it is life. 
Lord, we thank you that you want to reveal yourself this morning, the secret things, Lord. You want to reveal your mystery to us, God, and we are so hungry. We are hungry for your word. We're hungry to be changed. Lord, for those who don't feel hungry, I pray that you would show them their need for you. God, I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would fill me to overflowing, Lord. And as I bring your word, God, you would just speak through me. Lord, I'm your servant. Use me for your glory, Lord. Open up the hearts and the minds of those, Lord, who have become hardened. Till up the soil of the hearts who haven't received anything for a long time or maybe ever. Bring your salvation today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Number one, he chose us to be holy and blameless. Verse four says, even before he made the world, God loved us. Let that sink in. That before he created those over 80 billion some known galaxies, he chose us. He called you by name. Before he created everything in the heavens and earth, He was thinking about you and he was determining that he was going to choose you. Does that just blow your mind? Let that sink in. Before anything, he chose you. And he chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. This is the assurance of our salvation. If you're one of those people that struggle to believe that God loves you, or you struggle to believe that that he's remembering you in the midst of your circumstances, come back to this. If you're hearing this, if you're hearing the words of this, you are chosen You are called because of his love. You're called to be holy and without fault. Well, what about free will? We have free will. We can choose evil. We can choose to sin. We can choose to reject God's voice. We can choose to rebel. We can choose to disobey. And so this morning, I just, I want to camp on this for a little while. I want to make you maybe a little uncomfortable, but that's okay. Because I want to just share with you that that thing that God has been talking to you about, that thing that kind of keeps coming up, God wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free, but he wants you to surrender. It's like, let's imagine that this is my sin. Okay, 
let's just say this is just one of them, okay? All right? So I'm worshiping the Lord, and the Lord says, there's this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I see that. So anyway, I'm going to keep worshiping. Lord's like, I really want you to deal with this. And I'm like, I think I'm going to increase my giving. I think I'm going to start serving. I think I'm going to start going to the nursing home and, and start ministering to people. And the Lord's like, I want you to deal with this. I'm like, oh, yeah, that again. So what I think I want to do is I, I think I'm going to just read the Bible more. I think I'm going to pray more. Or I think I'm going to, and the Lord's just saying, just this. Just surrender this. This is it. And whatever that thing is, we're going we're gonna to do some business with Jesus later. But I just want to tell you, whatever it is, God is not going to rip it out of your hands. But he, he so lovingly comes and says, I want you to be fully blessed. I want you to be holy and without fault in my sight. I don't want you to delay the gifts that I want to lavish on you. So can, can you just hand it to me? What is that thing? Is it your attitude? Is it porn? Is it the way you speak to your kids or your spouse or your coworkers? Is it your thought life? Is it prescription drugs? Illegal drugs? Is it just overworking anything? What is it? Just because I didn't mention your thing doesn't mean you don't know. Because <laughs> you know what Jesus is saying to you. And I just want to implore you in the name of Jesus to just surrender it. It's not going to fulfill you. It is not going to bring you the satisfaction you crave. I heard a great analogy yesterday. This woman was talking about, um, she was out on a hike with her little, her little son, and he got stung by a snake or bit by a snake. What do, what do snakes do? Bite? It bit her, him. And she, she ran because she had seen a snake kit. And she ran to it, and she opened it up, and it was empty. And that's exactly what sin is. It looks like it's the thing that's going to save us, but it's empty. And I just want to say it again. It's not going to fulfill you. It is not going to make you happy. And it keeps saying that it's going to. But later we're going to do a little bit of business. But don't ignore his voice. Don't ignore it. Do whatever you have to. Like Jesus says, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If that relationship is causing you to sin, either walk away from it or get it right. And I'm not saying this in a legalistic way. I'm not saying this, you know, like, because then God's going to love you more. No, I'm saying this because then you are not going to be a slave any longer to something that is not going to bring you life. The wages of sin is death. Right? But the gift of God is eternal life, and he wants to give you life today. 
So if you're not hearing his voice, I always say, people always say, I can't hear God's voice. And I'm always, go back to the very last thing that you are certain that you heard him say and ask yourself, have I obeyed? Because his desire is to bless us. When we read this passage, you could see that. His desire, his longing, his delight is to bless us. And that's why he chose us to be holy and blameless and without fault. In love, he chose us. It says, Jesus says, you did not choose me, I chose you. And, and he also says that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, which means just doing the right thing, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled Filled to overflowing. Don't you want to be filled to overflowing? Don't you want to overflow with joy and with the peace of God? With love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Don't you want to overflow with those things? Because you can't conjure that up on your own. You know, they, they always say, talking about sin, they say, oh, if you feed the black dog, the black dog will get stronger. If you feed the white dog, the white dog will get stronger. That is true. If you feed the black dog, the black dog will get stronger. And if you feed the white dog, the white dog will get stronger. That's true in the physical realm. But let me just say this. Your flesh will never get better. Okay, your flesh is disgusting. I mean, ours, (laughs) include us. You No, our flesh will always, always choose death. Our flesh will always choose self. Our flesh will always choose sin. Our flesh will not choose the things of the Lord. And therefore, you can act kindly, kind. On the outside, you can act like you're good. But the Lord knows what's going on inside. And unless we are filled with his Holy Spirit, we cannot have the fruit of the Spirit. You can't make it happen. You you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and not evidence those things. Does that make sense? So even though people say if you feed the black dog, yes, I mean, the more time that you focus on sin and on the flesh the less you are going to experience the blessings and the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And I'm not saying this to condemn you. I'm saying this to give you the hope that you can be free, that you can experience freedom. And I know that you guys are wishing that I would move on, aren't you? (laughs) You're like, get to the next point. Okay, I will get to the next point, but I urge you, say no. Reject that thing, that thing. Number two, his delight was to adopt us. Verse five says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Jesus made the decision in advance to adopt us. And that's the coolest thing ever. 
into his own family. You know, when I was over in Taiwan and in Hong Kong, it's like the Christians that I met there, they were family. They were family to me. That is the family of God. And it says that it gave him great pleasure to choose you. Are any of you dog lovers? Anybody? Yeah, dogs are awesome. But imagine that you walk into a place and there's all these dogs and you walk in and there's this one and you're like, oh, I want that one. I choose that one. Now on a much grander scale, that's what the Lord did with you when he chose you. He went in and he was like, oh, I want that one. I want that one. I like that one. Now, do you think that that dog is going to sit there and go, well, no, I'm not going home with you. What about all these other dogs? The dog's not worried about all the other dogs. The dog is so happy to be adopted by you. And I've been studying so much about adoption laws. And in the Roman times, they would adopt young men and women, mostly young men, but they would adopt them into these affluent families or influential families to give them a better life. And once they adopted them, they could never give them back. And the thing is that that is what the Lord wanted to do when he adopted you and me. And everything in our current adoption laws, for those of you who have adopted or are familiar with this, it always talks about the benefit of the child. The adoption is so that the child will have a better life. And the adoption, it, it, every single law is about that. And protecting the child so that the child can have a better life. And, you know, it, the biological father must... You know, if he wants to be involved in the life of the child, he must exhibit some interest and, you know, and all of this. And it's like, it all talks about benefiting the child. And think about that, that it was God's pleasure to adopt you into his own family. He finds great delight in you. Do we feel like that most of the time? Do we feel like God is just crazy about us? That he dances over us like it says in the Bible. It says that he wanted to do this. And you know what? I just have to say sometimes we have to accept his love just by faith. Because it goes so contrary to our carnal minds. And we focus on us and what we do. We focus on all of our shortcomings and our failings. And plus we have this voice, this accuser who's always there going, oh, such a sinner. How could God love you? And sometimes he uses our own voice. Sometimes he uses voices from the past. But the voice of God is the voice of, I love you. I accept you. I gave my son for you. So if you hear any voice other than that, reject it. It was his delight to adopt you. And really the only response that we can have is to praise him. Verse 6 says, so, because of this adoption thing, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. You know, we can never, ever repay God with our good works. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. There's nothing that we can do to repay him. There's nothing we can do to even it out. 
You know, there's nothing we can do to make him love us more. You know, it's interesting because we are, in our Western society, we are so much about retribution. And, and we think about sin having to be punished and having to be repaid. So we tend to think that way, that somehow we're going we're gonna to repay for our sins. We can't. That's what grace is about. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But the reason that I harp on worship so much is because this is the only thing that we can do to respond. This is the only thing. And you know, I love to worship the Lord. And I don't know about you, but whenever I worship, it's like he changes my mind. He changes my thoughts and he changes my attitude even if my circumstances don't change you know there's a there's a story in the old testament in the book of ruth i don't know if you're familiar with that story but it's about this woman named naomi and the word naomi means pleasant or amiable or fair or sweet and this woman was married she had two sons and they went and um her husband died. Her two sons married these two Moabite women, and the two sons died. So Naomi had these two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. And incidentally, this is a freebie. Did you know that Oprah Winfrey was named after Orpah? They, but they, somebody had dyslexia or something, and so they switched the letters, and so her name became Oprah. Anyway, um, but anyway, so Ruth decided she was going to go back with Naomi. And so I'm not going to cover that whole story, but I just want to, there's a, there's a point here that I want to make. Um, if you start Ruth chapter 1, verse 19, it says, So the two women went on, this is talking about Naomi and Ruth, until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women explained, Can this be Naomi? They were shocked. And she said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Yikes. And that story has always bothered me. Because I... I used to read the Bible thinking, oh, that's how we're supposed to be. <laughs> Until I realized, no, most of the time in the Old Testament, that's how we're not supposed to be. <laughs> and in this case, life hit this woman hard. She was, she was dealing with some serious grief. She lost her husband. She lost her two kids, her two sons. I mean, it was rough. But do you remember the story about a guy named Job and everything he went through? And after he had kind of come to this resolution, remember? He said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, we're always called to praise. It is not dependent upon our circumstances. It's not dependent upon if things are going our way or if they're not going our way. We're always called to praise. And I say this probably every time I speak, but if you wake up in the morning with praise on your mouth, 
giving thanks for something, I promise you, your day is going to go better. If you wake up grumbling and complaining, oh man, those kids are up already. Or, oh, I have to go to work. Or, oh, whatever it is. If you wake up with that. I, I had to repent early on when my kids were little for growling. I growled, I'd be like, <laughs> One day it was like the Lord just said, why are you growling? <laughs> so then my kids would call me on it whenever I'd growl. Don't growl. Even though you're a cute little puppy that the Lord adopted. <laughs> Don't grumble. Wake up and praise him. Find something to praise him for. Find something. You know, if hardships and trials come and we can still praise God, that is going to de- develop our character. That is going to be the thing that is going to purify us. You know, it says that, that we learn obedience through the things that we go through. It says that God's own son learned obedience through the things he suffered. So much for the health, wealth, and prosperity doctrine, right? We learn things through what we suffer. So praise God in the midst of it. And I'm not just spewing out platitudes. Okay, I'm going to get really real with you guys right now. Because it was really, really hard, like I said, coming back. But yesterday, I was just sitting alone, really missing Eric. I just began to pour out my heart to the Lord. And for the first time, I was really able to thank God for taking him for his sake. And I was really able to thank God and, and to know that God is right, that God is true, that his ways are just. And I really meant it. I mean, obviously, I would have come up with a different plan. (laughs) If I were to write my life story, this would not be one of the chapters. But I really mean it. I was able to really thank God. And I just started thinking about Eric and how happy he is. And how God has spared him from the wickedness of this world, how he's in the presence of the Lord. (laughs) Better answer it. (laughs) And I really mean that. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Am I happy that this is the path, the plan that God has? No. Not really. But I am truly, truly grateful, and I can say it is well with my soul, and I trust the Lord. And you can trust the Lord. You can decide to be Naomi or Mara. You can decide to be pleasant and grateful 
or you can decide to be bitter. It doesn't depend on your circumstances. It depends on how you choose to respond. And I just, again, implore you, choose life, choose gratitude. And I'm not trying to diminish the pain of your circumstances. I know some of us are going through a really, really hard time. I mean, I have some really, really, really hard days. I'm lonely. I miss my husband, of course. But I still trust in the Lord, and you can too. Moving on, number four, his kindness and his grace motivate his actions. Verse seven says, he is so rich in kindness. Thanks, Woody. So sweet. Thank you. Excuse me. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with his blood, with the blood of his son, and he forgave our sins. You know what Eric would have done, right? I'm not crying. Just got something in my eye. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and he forgave our sins. God is overflowing with real blessings. These are spiritual blessings. These are the ones that last for all eternity. You know, if, if the gospel doesn't work in the slums of India, then it's not really good news. If, it's, if the gospel is, ooh, I prayed and... God gave me a Maserati. Is that really the gospel? Is that really why Jesus died on the cross so that you could have a Maserati? No offense if you have a Maserati. Hallelujah. Enjoy it. <laughs> but you better be generous. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, it's, he is so kind and he is overflowing with spiritual blessings which are everlasting eternal, the ones that will last throughout eternity, not just your house, which could burn up, right? And your relationships, which can go south. And your health, which can deteriorate. You know, the Bible says outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For these light and momentary trials are achieving for us a glory that far surpasses them all. Woo, yeah. What I'm going through is, is called light and momentary. This don't feel light and momentary. <laughs> it feels like it's forever and it feels heavy but it says it is going to achieve a glory that far surpasses anything we can experience. Anything we can experience. You know, he is so kind. The Bible says that his kindness leads us to repentance. And we don't understand grace. I have to say, the more that I study grace, the less I feel like I know about it. We just, we have no idea. We we understand the tip of the iceberg, that grace is something that God lavishes on us. It's something that he gives us freely and that he loves to give it to us. It says he's so rich in kindness and grace. You know, grace is a, con a concept that is, it's about, it involves blessing and involves 
credit and favor and gifts and gratitude and thanksgiving and all of these things that God is so excited to give you his grace. This isn't like plan B. This is his plan A for you. He is so excited to give you grace. Not so that you can go out and keep yourself in bondage. I mean, the Bible's so clear about that. Anybody that says that grace is just a license to sin doesn't really understand anything about grace. You know, ours, it, it's so easy for us to forget, isn't it? We forget the goodness of God. We forget his grace. We focus so much on us. We focus on how we're doing and what we're going through and all of this. Instead of getting an internal perspective and understanding that God's will is huge. It's not just about God's will for your life. It's about God's will and all of us, how we fit in as the family of God. How do we fit into God's will? How do we surrender to the point where we discover who we were created to be? It says, you know, God is a God of justice. And that's the thing that seems to be unanswered so often in our minds when we're talking about grace. Because we're like, how is that just? That God pinned everything on his son so that we could be free. How does that seem just? Justice is answered by the sacrifice that Jesus gave on the cross. Because God is a God of justice. He answered that because he is a God of holiness. And that's why his son was given up as a sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, so that we could be forgiven because of his blood that was shed for us on the cross. Don't ever get used to that message. Don't ever get bored with that message. It is everything It is everything. And if you're putting your hope in anything else, you are going to be disappointed. You are going to be disappointed. God must have sacrificed his only son so that we could be forgiven. We could not do it on our own. We cannot do it in the natural. It is a supernatural thing. And it is good news. You know, I used to deliver meals on wheels, and um, there was this sweet, sweet little lady named Marie she was this little tiny thing. Everybody loved her. She was everybody's favorite. And we used to love to go and hang out with her and talk to her because she was so interesting and just so adorable and loving. And she was raised here, so she was raised in the local religion. And um, she was starting to kind of fail. And I remember one day, and I went in, and I was like, Marie, are you ready to die? I said, are you ready to meet the Lord? Are you ready to stand before Jesus? And she said, oh, yeah. She said, I hope I've done enough. And I said, Marie, I can promise you, you haven't. (laughs) What? As sweet and kind and adorable and loving as Marie was, she hadn't done enough. And neither have we. And that's what grace is. We haven't done enough, but yet we get all of these benefits. We get all of these spiritual blessings and all of these amazing things. 
when we receive the forgiveness that Jesus offered us so freely. And I was able to share the gospel with Marie that day. I pray that she received it. I pray that she fully understood it. She prayed with me. But I just pray that before she died, God revealed it to her that it is by grace you are saved through faith, not of your own works, lest any man boast. I love how God doesn't let us take any other credit. It's a good thing. It really levels the playing field. <laughs> Number five, it says his gifts are overwhelmingly generous. In the same way that Mary was overwhelming, well, in a much greater way than Mary was overwhelmingly generous, these ridiculous gifts that God offers us. Ridiculous means that you can't really understand it. It could be subject to mockery or to scrutiny because, because things that are ridiculous are things like you can receive Christ, you can be forgiven, you don't have to earn your way into heaven. That's ridiculous. From our carnal mindset, it's a ridiculous thought, isn't it? But the thing is that the Bible says that Satan has blinded the minds of unbelievers from seeing the true light of the glory of Christ. So if you aren't seeing this and if this doesn't make sense to you and you don't understand it, invite the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of your heart, to enlighten you so that you can understand what the gospel really means. Verse 8 says, He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has overwhelmed us not only with his generosity and with his kindness, but he's also promised that he would give us wisdom and understanding to live today. The Bible says he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He pours out his gifts. He pours out understanding. He pours out wisdom for those of us who seek him. And the more you seek him, the more you will find him, and the more you will find wisdom. He gives generously when we ask without finding fault. He gives us the things we need to live the abundant life that he promised, that he came for, so that we can grow spiritually. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And number six, his plan is mysterious and it is perfect. Verse 9 says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. The Lord does not withhold good things from us. He is a God who will continue to reveal himself to us as we seek him and as we grow in the knowledge of him. The only way you can grow in the knowledge of him is to know his word and not to just know it for knowledge's sake, but so that it becomes living and active in your life, so that it changes you. You know, it's difficult to see the goodness of God in these evil times, isn't it? Sometimes it seems like he's an absent God. Like, where is he? With all of these hate-motivated things. But Jesus said that there would be, the, in the last days, there would be the increase of wickedness and the love of most will grow cold. The, even the very elect will be, be deceived if that were possible. 
And the, the verse that motivates me so often is, make the most of your time for these days are evil. Do you feel that? These are the beginning of birth pangs. There is the increase of wickedness. I mean, there's people that are saying that they're setting out to kill other human beings simply because of their race, whatever it is, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever it is. It's just hatred. It's evil. And sometimes it's so hard to believe that God could make anything good out of the things that are going on now. But that is the mysterious plan that he is going to be revealing it to us. And we can put our hope in him. And so this morning I would like to do some business with God. Got six different areas that I'd like to cover with you. And this is between you and your maker. Okay, this is you going before your God. The first one is surrendering to the process of being holy and blameless. The second one is receiving his love, accepting the adoption. The third one is praising him, determining whether we want to be a Naomi or a Mara. The fourth one is repenting of our works mentality and receiving the grace, grasping at a deeper level, grace. The fifth one is the prayer and the cry for wisdom. And the sixth one is just simply to come into a relationship with him. So can we do business before God right now? Yes? Do this if you're still awake. Okay. Father God, we just come before you and we are so grateful for your word. We thank you that your word is truth. Lord, we thank you that before the foundations of the earth were laid, you chose us to be holy and blameless and without fault in your sight. And Lord, right now, we come before you broken, needing a Savior, Lord, needing someone to rescue us. Lord, we know that sin is so deceitful. It keeps us bound. And Lord, I just pray right now, God. Lord, we open ourselves up. Can you guys just open up your hands to the Lord as a sign of surrender? Lord, that thing, that thing, Lord, that you keep bringing up, you keep reminding me, Lord, I go about my way and I just try to ignore it. I try to shove it down. I try to forget it. But Lord, I'm coming to you this morning. God, and I surrender. I want to be free. Lord, I want to experience all of these blessings. Lord, I want to experience peace with you. I want to experience the joy of your salvation. God, I just come to you and I confess, Lord, your word says confess our sin. You are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, we come before you this morning and we surrender. Lord, we willingly surrender this thing to you or these things, God. Lord, and number two, we want to receive your love by faith, God. We want to accept the adoption that delighted your heart. Lord, that adoption that you took us in. You chose us, God. You selected us.
longed to pour out your love on us, God. You long to lavish us. Lord, sometimes we don't really believe that. Lord, this morning, God, I pray that your spirit would bring that revelation that you have adopted us into your own family. Lord, and the third thing is we want to praise you in all circumstances. We want to give you thanks, Lord, regardless of what we're going through. Lord, we want to choose to be a Naomi. We want to be pleasant. God, we want to be grateful. We don't want to be Mara. We don't want to be bitter. Lord, we repent, God, of our entitlement, Lord, and of that feeling like somehow you owe us, Lord, or that things should be going better for us. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for our whining, God. We repent and we ask that you would teach us to give you thanks. Lord, and the fourth thing is we need your grace. We need to understand, Lord. Bring us deeper in understanding your grace, Lord. Set us free from that mentality that says that we need to work to receive your grace, Lord. We want to respond to your grace by giving ourselves fully to you and praising you, God. offer ourselves to you as living sacrifices, God. Change us, Lord, by the renewing of our minds, Lord. Let us think in ways that honor you, God. We take our thoughts captive for the obedience of Christ, Lord. We want to honor you with our thoughts. Lord, your word says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, Lord. We want to into a relationship with Jesus if he has never been revealed to you. just want to offer you that opportunity this morning to have that revelation of the gospel of the good news that Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross so that you could be reunited with your maker. If this sounds foreign to you, if you have never heard this before, I just want to invite you to come up after service with me and we want to offer an opportunity for you to receive prayer if you have prayer needs any of you whether you know the Lord or whether you've never met him we want to give you that opportunity to receive prayer I'd like to just ask that for those of you who know that you know that you know we just want to um, give the opportunity to those who have never come to Christ to come up first our prayer people to come forward to be available if there's anything you need prayer for there is nothing too small or too big for God so if you if you need prayer I just want to invite you to come up to one of these trusted people and get prayer next week I'm going to start talking about the verses 9 through 13 about the mysterious plan of God so I just want to invite you Bring your friends, bring your enemies, bring your co-workers, your neighbors, anybody that you, um, that God might lay on your heart. The gospel is for, is for everyone. So I just want to encourage you to really be inviting people. And I love you guys so much. And again, I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart.
so proud of you all. Love you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Amen? God bless you.